name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. One of the minor inconveniences of being sick is that you might lose your sense of smell for a while. For a time, you have to endure seeing something like mouth-watering ribs without smelling the smoky goodness. And as we know, our sense of smell is connected intimately with our sense of taste. So, not only can you not smell the yumminess, but to make it worse, you don't taste it fully either. The wine becomes sweet water, and the donuts become soft bread. For a time, you lose the fullness of joy in both smell and taste. You'll notice, though, that it's not your nose that's suffering when you can't smell, nor is it your tongue that suffers when you can't taste. Your nose and your tongue don't know the difference. They're just trying to do their job. It is you that suffers. Your nose can't smell the coffee and bacon, but it is your full self that's missing out on the joy of smelling, not just your nose. Likewise, as I've heard from some of you during your sickness, it is the full you that has the joy of changing the dirtiest of diapers without smelling a hint of it. The point is, the whole body experiences what the nose brings in. Take away the smell, and you rob the full body of smell. What one body part experiences, the fullness of the body experiences. So it is for the Lord's church. 1 Corinthians 12, today's epistle lesson, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, if you are the body of Christ, now, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So it's a pretty clear point that St. Paul is making. Just as the human body has been designed by God intentionally so that each member serves the full body, he has arranged his church so that each member has the full value and honor of the body and is given to serve others. Each part of the human body has a purpose that impacts the rest of the body, like the nose that brings joy to the whole self. Even the appendix, with no clear purpose, will take the rest of you down if it bursts. God designed our bodies so that each part serves the full body in a unique way, as He intends. So too, says Paul, God has arranged his church, his body, according to his choosing for his purposes in serving the full body. The Lord Jesus is the head and each member of his church, 
baptized into his name that joins to his body the church has been placed according to his choosing. And it's not just in the body of the church either, but he arranges all people in the world in the same way. As we confess it in the small catechism, I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. God has given you all you have. He has placed you where you are in this world according to the gifts he has given to you or withheld from you. In our sinful flesh, we don't like to hear that because this means that people have what they have and do what they do or serve how they serve, not only because of themselves and their own good choices or hard work, but God has given the gifts that we have that have led to where we are today. God has made it so. He's given you your parents, your mind and body, family and friends, and all the rest. It's not because of some idea of fairness or as a result of some social ideological construct like the color of skin as is shamefully being taught in our nation these days. No, people have what they have and serve where they serve because our Lord has arranged it to be that way. Delighting to place each individual in a particular place for a particular reason in service to others. He is the one who gives us gifts of family, community, intellect, and personality, all which contribute to where and how we serve others in this world. In the church, we often speak of this as the doctrine of vocation. It's that God has placed us in a particular position in this world and in his church by giving us particular gifts. And it is God himself who delights in working through our vocations to serve others. Each member is unique and yet fully loved. The eye cannot do what the ear can do, but both are equally helpful and appreciated. Both were given those abilities by the Lord and both benefit from the other. So it is with those gifts in fields of medicine or mathematics, finance or physics, teaching or painting, writing or speaking, and so it goes. We have careers in our world, but as the church, we are given to see even them as ways that God works through us to serve others. And it's not just income-paying careers, for not all have one of those, those who are retired, children, the unemployed. But everywhere we encounter other people in this world, our Lord gives us vocations. In our family, in our community, in our nation, and in our church. In each place, God delights to work through you in a unique way, where he has placed you, and according to the gifts that he has given you. For example, 
As a member of this body, we are to care for one another. Where one suffers, to be with him in his suffering. Where another rejoices, to rejoice along with her. Where we see a brother struggling in his vocation, or we see a sister afflicted with doubt about what she is given to do in life. We encourage them with a voice of friendship, building them up in the comfort of the gospel and encouraging them in the gifts that the Lord has given them. Our Lord brings joy to you in your daily grind by you knowing that he works through you because you are part of his body. God delights in you and works through you even when you don't realize it. Changing the diapers, sending the emails, shoveling the snow, driving the commute, enduring the Zoom meetings, visiting mom, whatever it might be. In all of it, God is at work through you. As we live and serve as his body, we often rob ourselves of joy as we sin against the rest of the body. And that's why in the Catechism, in answer to the question, what sins should we confess? We say, consider your place in life according to the Ten Commandments. That is, consider your vocation, your place in the body, because that's where you're going to find your sin. We see our sin and our failure to live as a body and our covetousness of others, tearing down others, speaking ill of them. We see our sin by refusing to live within the body, by absenting ourselves from the community of the Lord's Church and refusing to use our God-given gifts and service to others in this life. Paul says it like this, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And to stick with the talking body part analogy, we might suppose that there are days when the pinky toe is a bit frustrated with the lack of attention it receives in comparison to our teeth. And there may be winter days that our freezing fingertips covet the warmth enjoyed by our internal organs. That's a ridiculous conversation to picture, but it's a picture of the animosity and jealousy of our own sinful flesh, is it not? Which tends to look to the life, career, family, house, finances of others and grow jealous, coveting what they have, which in turn dissolves our contentment with what we have. It's a finger looking to the stomach and saying like a child, that's not fair. They have too much, I deserve more, and they less. They have it too good, so it must be taken and enjoyed by others. By the way, this self-focused thinking is what stands behind socialism. For it has people looking at others and trying to determine what they should have or should not have, what should be taken and how it should be redistributed, as though God did not give it to them. In contrast, the Christian is given to see all things of our neighbor as his property that has come from the Lord, not seeking to take it or grow jealous over it. As St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. God has given you all you have. 
but also means that he has given your neighbors all they have. He didn't give it to you, and that's good. He arranged it as he chose, and we are simply given to serve where we have been placed. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Your Lord has honored you by making you part of his body through holy baptism. He honors you by giving you a place in him and setting you free to serve the rest of the body with your unique gifts. And when we have neglected our vocations or have sinned in them, there we turn to our Lord. For his vocation was to redeem us with his own blood and to have his word of forgiveness spoken to us, releasing us from our guilt, forgiving us of all sin, and keeping us in the one true faith. In the name of Jesus, amen. We stand and confess our faith and the words of the Nicene Creed.